Blog Talk Radio. This is a monthly solutions-oriented talk show radio. Each month, we dedicate 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, this month, our guest is Ms. Nancy Metter, who is the um, president of the National Association of Elementary School Principals. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Um, we're just going to have a conversation today, and we're, we're really um, excited to have you with us, Nancy. Um, Nancy is, um, uh, as I mentioned, the national president of the National Association of Elementary School Principals, but um, served um, for a number of years as a, a principal and, um, and has been um, a strong advocate for public schools, and, um, and we, we have a lot of our guests um, on our show that have been advocates uh, throughout their career for equity and excellence in education, and uh, Nancy is no exception. And so we invited her here today to share with us a little bit about um, the challenges that are faced by today's elementary school principals and, and, and staff members, faculty and staff. Um, a lot has changed. You know, technology uh, is, is ubiquitous throughout our daily lives, and, and, and so students that come to schools today are very different than they were even 10 years ago, uh, largely uh, due to technological advances. And, and so just wanted to uh, have this conversation with you today, Nancy, to share with us a little bit about um, some of your thoughts about the, the, the challenges, if you will, of, of being an elementary school principal today and, and who some of the students are, that um, their families, and, and if you could just share with us some of the things that um, um, elementary school principals today are dealing with that, that might be quite different from uh, previous uh, uh, cohorts. Okay, Dr. Perkins, I'd like to start off by sharing with listeners that I have about 30 years of experience, uh, 10 as a classroom teacher, and about 20 years in uh, educational leadership and administration. And the thoughts that I share today will be based on my experiences and networking with colleagues both locally and across the country, given the role that I'm in right now. So again, I will rely on my background with, with some of the information that I share today. First of all, I'd like to say that the role of the principal is becoming more complex it seems like every year. Uh, the role, actually, you have to be transformational because of the changes that are happening so quickly, uh, both in leadership and in teaching and learning. Uh, we have at NAESP, and I would like to reference the website in case any of the listeners would like to go on, uh, the website, it's www.naesp.org. In 2001, um, we put out a publication called Leading Learning Communities, What Principals Should Know and Be Able to Do, and the standards are listed there. 
in 2008, uh, the publication was updated. And I would just briefly like to share with you what standards principals are expected to know and be able to do based on the research that was done by a consortium of uh, researchers and principals across our country over a number of years. Uh, the first standard says that effective principals lead schools in a way that places student and adult learning at the center, and we know that to be true. The second standard reflects that effective principals set high expectations and standards for the academic, social, emotional, and physical development of all students. And when we think about that, we think about the whole child. The third standard talks about effective principals demand content and instruction that ensure student achievement of agreed upon standards. Our fourth standard says effective principals create a culture of continuous learning for adults tied to student learning and other school goals. The fifth standard talks about managing data, and that's a big push right now nationwide, and the knowledge to inform decisions and measure progress of student, adult, and school performance. The last standard it talks about the ability to actively engage the community to create shared responsibility for student performance and development. Those are the six broad standards in our flagship book called Leading Learning Communities, Standards for What Principals Should Know and Be Able to Do. And for any listener that's out there, whether they are a current online principal, an assistant principal, an aspiring principal, or just someone who is interested in educational leadership, I would certainly recommend that read. It is good, and it talks about the many hats that principals have to wear. Uh, we talked about principals being transformational, and we have to. You referenced technology just a few moments ago, and now we are seeing the rate of technology increase um, just at a rate that's been unprecedented in the past. Um, okay. Students are indeed making sense of an increasingly complex world using multimedia and learning technologies that truly honor multiple forms of intelligence and different ways of knowing. Uh, these learning technologies enable more collaboration, more accelerated learning, redefining the boundaries of place, curriculum, and grade level. Uh, therefore, school leaders, we have to provide greater flexibility in, in the educational process to, cre to create new ways to deliver that content. Uh, as far as the impact, that means that not only is our knowledge, our knowledge and the pace of our knowledge increasing along with the technology, but the demand for professional development, especially among school leaders, has got to be at the forefront in order to keep up. All too often, we find that the, the children, the students, are showing the adults what to do uh, with the pace of technology and the changes therein. Um, I read in an article not too long ago um, uh, out of Principal Magazine, uh, which is also produced by NAESP, one principal wrote that our school uses Facebook, Twitter, Remind 101, Flickr, YouTube, WordPress, and other tools to connect families within their school community. Um, right before the program started, uh, I referenced to Dr. Perkins about a report uh, that's just been put out by NMC, uh, the New Media Consortium Group. Uh, it's called the Horizon Report, 2013 K-12, and it talks about um, the horizons that are on the near-term horizon, the mid-term horizon, and the far-term horizon with regards to technology. And um, I told Dr. Perkins as, as we were preparing to go live, 
that I have not read the report in detail, but it's something that the listeners may aspire to check into. It talks about in the near term we will see cloud computing and mobile learning. Uh, Two to three years out, we may be looking at learning analytics and open content. Four to five years out in school with technology, we may be looking at 3D printing and virtual and remote laboratories. I look forward to, to diving into that report and to learn even more about what is expected as we look at technology, the implications, and the implementation uh, in our schools of not only today but in the future. Yes, you know, you know um, thank you so much for that. It, it's interesting. Um, I, just in the few minutes, I was able to go and to the listeners, we will post the Horizon report right on the um, Perkins Platform um, website um, within the next uh, 24 hours. So if you want to take a look at that, certainly really, really interesting uh, information about where things are going. And, and that's really um, in large part about, you know, the, the biggest part of the show is that, um, you know, we all remember um, what it was like and, and certainly some of our uh, probably deeper memories of school and our school uh, experience are the early ones. And so it's certainly very important um, that we, you know, we get it right at the at the early levels. Um, you, you mentioned some really um, challenging standards um, in terms of what uh, a, a elementary school principal is expected to do and and be able to accomplish uh, in their tenure as an elementary school principal. Um, I, I have uh, colleagues who have been asked to be kindergarten teachers, and and I always. Um, remark to them that's a that is one of the greatest compliments i think uh a principal can give uh a teacher is to be a kindergarten teacher um we all understand how important it is that these early years uh to have strong um uh, models and uh, strong instructionally strong teachers at that level um and so i wanted to ask you a little bit about um, what are you seeing and what are your colleagues seeing out there in terms of um, the, 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 the quality of teachers that are, being com- that are coming out of our schools of education and, and do we have the numbers required to meet the demands and, and the training, do they have the training um, necessary to meet the demands that students bring? And I know it's a very loaded question, but I guess I just want to give the the listeners a sense of um, how how easy or difficult is it for you to place people at this very important juncture in the educational process? Well, let me first of all start off by saying the two most important decisions I think that I make as a building level principal is who I hire. I have always been told and heard that you try to hire people smarter than yourselves. And I like to do that when I try to hire good teachers. And the second second most important decision I make is where I place those kids trying to align teaching styles, learning styles, and personalities. And And that's a whole different conversation perhaps for another time. But obtaining those those great teachers, uh, that's a continual challenge. Early in my career, we were told that 20, 25 years from now, we would experience a teacher shortage. And I think in part that we have seen this, at least I know here in in our part of the country, we're even looking at other uh, 
places and other groups such as Teach for America and the Teaching Fellows Project and Alternative Licensure that's available through some of your uh, local universities and and higher ed places. Uh, Folks who have gone on and gotten a degree in something else other than education and then fast track to get a license because they want to to work in the classroom and to try to make a difference and an impact with young people. So we're seeing teachers come out of different certification programs and routes. But for the most part, I would say that our institutions of higher education are doing a great job. Um, I know the ones here in the Nashville area, we have about 16, 17 colleges and universities here within our region. Uh, They reach out to principals through teacher advisory panels and groups to include us in conversations uh, to make sure that we're giving them the feedback that they need to hear with what they need to offer, what are what are the issues that our new teachers are facing, uh, what seems to be the biggest hurdles the first six, eight, nine weeks of school as a new teacher begins their career. I, I see in forecasting the problem is hanging on to those good teachers in retaining them. Um, it's been said that baby boomers, uh, my age group, uh, will have one career that expands 25 to 30 years. Uh, the the folks that are coming out of school now, uh, whether they're your Gen Xers or your Millennials or whatever the next group is called, uh, they might experience two, three, four, five careers over 30 years or 25 years. So retaining teachers, I think, is going to be um, the the next big challenge that we're facing, just like retaining good principals, too. Uh, I read in one piece of research recently, Dr. Perkins, that uh, the average principal now might only stay three to five years before they're looking at maybe upward movement within their Mm -hmm. central office or their state level, or uh, perhaps they're looking for a different career altogether or maybe teaching at the university level. So teacher retention is, is and administrator retention, I think, is going to be a big issue, not only now but in the future, uh, because the complexities of education itself are changing and the accountability and, and being all things to all people within a learning community, because that's what teaching and, and being a principal entails. Uh, if you do it right and, and you care and you're committed and you're dedicated and you're giving your best day in and day out. But to answer your original question, Yes, I think our universities, based on my experience here in this area, have done a fine job in preparing uh, those graduates that are coming out to be a part of the education workforce to get into the classroom. Uh, Do we find weaknesses from time to time? Absolutely, but you can do that with with just about any career. And it's making sure that we have that professional development in place to address whatever weakness or difficult area that teacher may be may be dealing with at the time. Sure, sure, and I, I certainly understand that. And that's um, as a professor at one of the um, country's um, leading teacher preparation institutions, at Teachers College. I, that's certainly encouraging to hear, coming from you, um, that um, um, the schools of education are doing well. Um, uh, generally um, around the country. Um, uh, You know, one of the – I started out um, when I um, moved to um, teacher education or the field of education. Um, My first job was a professor at a 
um, small private college in um, in Connecticut, and and uh, was in teacher education first undergraduate and then graduate ed. And um, during this time, we spent a lot of time discussing with people in the field and you know public policy individuals about who are the teachers we need, and and so we we recognized that we had to. Um, prepare individuals for a, a different job, not just reading, writing, and arithmetic, but uh, there are a lot of other components of the job that were now required that maybe previously had not been. And, and, and then I moved on into uh, administration and administrative preparation, and I saw the same. Um, it, it, talk to me a little bit about um, some of the the strains um, um, that that come about um, and challenges for principals um, kind of balancing uh, the need to uh, get in the classrooms and and be supportive instructional leaders and then the many uh, myriad of of issues that come up with families and challenging situations with families and and not to mention the life home kind of the the work home balance um that teach that that administrators often talk about um and and um what what are those challenges that that uh, principals are facing well let's let's tackle your first question rephrase your first question again well the the first one is really about um you know dealing with uh, getting in to do some of the the work that is involved with being an instructional leader. Um, uh, what 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 are they faced with that's preventing them from doing that? In the past, uh, when you when this has been probably several decades ago, principals at one time were simply seen as building level managers, taking care of plant and facility. Uh, making sure you were appropriately staffed and and connecting with parents on an as-needed basis. Uh, Let's roll the clock forward to 2013. You just used the word instructional leadership, and that is what the principalship is about this day and age, is truly being an instructional leader within your building, being able to go into classrooms and to observe and to provide feedback that's going to make those good and those great teachers uh, even better. Uh, And that requires time away from the desk, away from the phone, and away from those mundane tasks that sometimes can bog us down during the course of our day. But getting in those classrooms and, again, working with teachers and with the students uh, as an instructional leader uh, is is at the top of the list of what, you know, principals should know and, and be able to do. Uh, and, again, that's different from just simply managing the building. You know, I think of the principal as, as the CEO within their own building. And, Dr. Perkins, if you stop and think about the role of a CEO in corporate America or in the corporate business world, the CEO has a team, and one of those team members might be the, the finance operations person. One person might be your safety and security advisor. One person might be uh, your chief operations officer. Uh, one person, again, would be working with your, your human resources, your human capital, uh, with, with personnel. The principal wears all of those hats and is that team that a CEO would normally surround themselves with. 
Now, we also know, based on what research tells us, that that principals today need a good, strong leadership team uh, taking those different personalities that are within their building uh, to make sure that you can not only delegate but get input on how to make the best and the wisest decision, whether it's a finance-based decision, whether it's a procedural or, or school routine or process, getting input for that, or whether it's developing that safety and security plan that we all have to have. Uh, leadership teams today have been charged with assisting the principal so the principal does not have to wear all of those hats in isolation and as a solo CEO because uh, I just don't know of a, a, a Fortune 500 company where the CEO operates in isolation. And, and if you're a principal without an assistant principal, you are in charge of everything from uh, the computer not working to a substitute not showing up for the day uh, to uh, an issue in with one of the uh, bus drivers that, that uh, there may be an, an issue on the bus coming in and the driver brings in, you've got to solve it. So surrounding yourself, again, it goes back to hiring those great people to work with you, both whether they're in the teacher role or the support role, to work with you as a team and your leadership team. So that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is being able to wear all of those hats effectively and also being able to share your leadership in a collaborative way within the building with people that are competent, that are trustworthy, um, and that are just all about the school moving forward. Uh, before I get to your to the second part of the question, we talk about uh, uh, hiring people, and you mentioned about teachers earlier in our conversation. I've always said, and I've told this to different parent groups that I've met with, and Kiwanis groups, and and Chamber of Commerces that are locally based here, that I look for four things when when I look at hiring not only teachers but those that will work with me and work with the children in the building, folks that are committed, that are competent that care about children, that care about each other, and that want to reach out and connect in deeper uh, ways than just showing up from 8 to 3 and, and working the clock because school is so much more than that. Second part of your question, if you'll re re redirect. Yes, yes, and um, I, I thank you. That uh, It sounds like what you were saying is that, you know, you, principles today's principles you can't do it by yourself you you have to know how to leverage the other leadership in the building and and so before i go on to the second question i want to encourage if we have any listeners out there that would like to uh ask a question we we're going to have just a few minutes to entertain a question or two uh, you can dial 347 826 9029 again 3478269029 this is uh, the Perkins platform and we have uh, our guest is uh, Ms. Nancy Metter who is the um, president of the National Association of Elementary School Principals so we've been talking about if you just joined us we've been talking about challenges and and new new expectations from students that are coming in today versus uh, some years ago. Um, the second part of my question um, is really for um, my uh, uh, listeners out there that are thinking about going into um, the principalship um, or for even those that are currently principals um, that I have received a lot of feedback um, where there's a, a, a difficult um, time trying to balance home and work. 
um, that there, it's, there, it can be overwhelming if you allow it. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is starting out and they, they, they're really ambitious and eager uh, to be successful, uh, mainly because there's so many lives at stake, um, but that they really want to do a good job? What is your advice to them about the importance of keeping that home and, and work balance in, in perspective? I think that's such an appropriate question for individuals that are considering going into school leadership or that may be new in school leadership or even experienced because the key word there, and you said it, is balance. We, I mentioned that principals wear a lot of hats just within the role of being a principal. But if you think back, if, if you're familiar with Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Habit, habit Seven is sharpen the saw. And we as human beings are, are in different roles just within our day-to-day living. Uh, you might be a husband. You might be a father. You might be a friend. You might be an employee. You might be a supervisor. You wear lots of different hats just within the role that you play away from the workplace. And if you look at any of the, any of the material uh, in your self-help books, and again, I'll refer back to Covey. I've, I've had a lot of training in that. Sharpening the saw is making sure that you have the balance within all the roles that that you have within your life, not just in the workplace. And that includes time time for fun, time for entertainment, time for professional growth, uh, time for friends, time for colleagues, and most importantly, time for family. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got to have that because if one of those roles gets out of balance, then it tips the scales in the wrong direction, Dr. Perkins. And when those mm-hmm. scales are tipped, we don't have what I call that that good, healthy um, outlook toward what we do day in and day out. It will affect the decisions you make in the workplace. It might affect the decision you make with your spouse or a family member simply because one role is uneven. So I I say that because I've read it, I've experienced it. Uh, I have found that, that when I will plan my week, and of course not everything goes to the plan, we know that, but plan my week, plan my day, make sure I include time for those things and those roles that I play in my personal life as well as my work life. I have a better balance. And um, it seems like I'm a better worker at that point because I do have a better balance and maybe perhaps I'm able to think more clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very sound advice. And um, we know that um, the balance is required. Um, it, it's so easy to get wrapped up in in. Um, and the importance, and you don't forget. I mean, you don't remember to, as you as you just said, uh, sharpen the saw. Um, and I always like to use the uh, uh, analogy, and they they tell us this, which might be counterintuitive when we're on airplanes, um, is that if someone around you needs help, put the mask on yourself first. You can't help anyone if you don't have. The, uh, the oxygen, the, the um, uh, sustenance to, to be successful, and that's the same here, is that if you want to be helpful to families around uh, in your schools, make sure that you have taken care of yourself and your uh, loved ones so that you don't have um, the stressors and so you can be um, helpful to someone else. 
Um, so thank you for that. Um, and then as we as we close up um, in our last few minutes, I just wanted to uh, um, ask you: um, Are you? What are the kinds of uh, uh, things that are coming up in terms of families. Now, you're on the front, front end, um, elementary schools. What do you say to our parents out there? How can they be helpful um, in a real way? Uh, and we know beyond, and we're t- here we're talking about beyond the bake sales, beyond the, uh, you know, even just the homework. Like, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> Tell your child to do the homework. What are some other things that you could say to our listeners out there from the parent uh, community and the parent organization? about how they might be helpful in guaranteeing a a good school environment for the students. I'm so glad you brought the families back up. That was the second part of that that longer question, Mm -hmm. and I did not Mm -hmm. address it. Getting families involved and engaged in in school life um, is critical, and I just want to encourage any school leader, uh, any parent that might be listening, um, if if your school is not reaching out to you, you reach out to them because parents at partners uh, is the is the piece of the puzzle that sometimes is not locked into place, and and often we have found uh, that folks have had a bad experience in school themselves, and so uh, going into a school building, let alone maybe the principal's office, is is a hurdle in and of itself. Uh, but I just I just want you to know that that principals across this country, at least the ones that I have talked with, we want to engage parents, we want to engage community members to be a far, to be a part of our school learning community, uh, because as I believe it was Hillary Rodham Clinton that coined the phrase, "It takes a village to raise the child." It takes a community to get behind that school, and those parents are a big component of that community. Um, Reach out and communicate, and I will tell you this based on what new teachers have told me. Um, if if you're not comfortable with the telephone, and we're finding, or I have found, that, that a lot of my newer teachers maybe initially were not as comfortable with a telephone call, but an email. Email is such an easy way to reach out, and most everyone has an email address. Now, that may seem oversimplistic, uh, but it's amazing the conversations that happen by way of email that will resolve a problem long before the parent feels like they have to come into the building to see a school administrator. So use email, use your phone, whatever form of social media you can. Uh, I know a lot of schools are going to Facebook pages, and uh, even Mm -hmm. classrooms have set up Facebook pages to post homework assignments and that kind of thing, uh, bringing us back to the technology piece. Whatever it takes to communicate and to be a good partner with the parent, uh, because we need them to ensure success for their child. Wow, yes, thank you, and that's that's very helpful and encouraging. Um, and and we have a number of uh, people who listen from the the PTA organizations, and so I'm sure that that will be something that they will take on with us. So uh, we really appreciate it, and and thank you so much to everyone out there uh, for tuning in this month. Uh, we're just going to ask that um, y- uh, you join us uh, next month uh, on October 23rd at 2 p.m. Um, our guest will talk about the Common Core, uh, the Common Core Initiative. time out of your busy schedule and um, so to the listeners until next time uh, go well stay well thank you